0: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts,
1: michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to
3: Overnight
1: America. All right. yeah, I'm looking at the radar now as some of these different storms are starting to pop up really through just a little bit east of the central part of the state. Rolla getting hit. Jefferson City just saw a storm come through. And it's almost moving straight north. It's kind of strange. You're used to seeing the weather patterns go from west to east or at least a little bit to the northeast. But in this case, it seems like it's going straight up. So a storm that just went through Cape Girardeau, um, we might actually hit kind of like a seven ten split. There, there's a storm like in Cape Girardeau, one near Salem that just passed Centerville. And we could be right in the middle there if it breaks up. And who knows? Might get a little lucky. I guess tonight we could be seeing some rain and kind of what we're expecting showers in spots. But depending on where you are, if you're listening just a little bit to the west, you're probably getting it now. So today was 314 day, you know, March 14th, you know, three being March, 14th being the day of the month. Three one four also be in the area code in St. Louis. Some people celebrated it in different ways. I wonder if anyone tried those Mission tacos, the ones that were had the uh, toasted ravioli inside. I'm a sucker for any type of specialty food like that. You know, give me a specialty anything. St. Louis filled. Remember the Saint Maniac burger that they did with? Uh, oh man, was that a good burger? That one was perfect, really. I remember trying that when it first came out and they still bring it back every once in a while. It's the one where it has the emos as the buns and it has toasted ravioli. It's got, I can't even remember everything in it, but it was just perfect. Perfect giant sandwich. All right. Another thing it's that type of year again. And it's also that type of year again, when you find that uh, things have shifted in the white house, gas prices back on their way up. If you stopped at a pump, as of late. You may have noticed these things right away. The gas prices in Missouri have reached a two-year high. And don't worry, (laughs) it's not stopping there. I know you're so worried. You thought, oh, I'm just paying so little for gas right now. I really wish the prices would go up. And I think most people have noticed that pretty quickly. The thing that scares me the most is that when more people start going back to work, Or maybe more start commuting more often as opposed to maybe some are virtual, some are a combination of virtual or in-person. Some may be traveling more often. It's not getting any better. That's the thing. The indication for these gas prices all point to the sign that it's going to get worse. So think about that. Times are tough right now, and you're going to be paying more at the pump as you start traveling more. Won't that be fun? Ugh. So... They're expecting what this summer closer to four dollars a gallon as we're climbing in close to three. We're in like 275 ish range, depending on where you are, 277, 280, somewhere, I guess. And that's the sad thing when you start messing around with energy prices and you start threatening it from the White House level, it does have some pretty large implications based on the demand going up, too. All of these things play in. Remember when. We were talking about the gallon of crude oil going for zero. Remember, it was below zero for a while. It was the strangest thing you ever saw, the way that they were playing these games. And it really worked out to our advantage. So I don't think we're going to see those days anymore. They're saying now that it's going to go up to 100 bucks a barrel. Not so fun. Did you see on 60 Minutes the Kim Gardner piece that aired today? I wasn't watching 60 Minutes, but luckily they posted the video clip on the 60 Minutes website, so I was able to go back and watch it from there. So I I have some clips from that, which I do want to play for you in the next segment, and a couple of uh, comments on them, too. And if you just want a, a summary of it, they tried to make her look like a hero. I don't think they really talk to too many people in St. Louis because there's a lot of people that do not see her as a hero and rightfully so she's got a lot of problems, but they tried to make her look out like, you know, she's got a cape on and goes to work every day as a superhero, but she's got a lot of issues. So we're going to point out some of the flaws in the 60 minutes piece, maybe try to give a rebuttal. Cause I don't think 60 minutes did that good of a job trying to uh, balance it out. Also next hour, Shane Hewitt from the shift. We're going to connect to Canada. And, of course, here in the United States, as this KMOX signal reaches 35-plus states. That number changes depending on the night, but we know that we have a, a pretty large footprint. And then, of course, the 11.20 a.m. also makes it up into Canada, where we have some listeners there as well, which is kind of cool. And then later, too, we're going to replay an interview from uh, last week, an interview that I just found super fascinating. Brande Scalache is her name. Brandi Scalache. She wrote a book about the Cold War scientists that tried to revolutionize head transplants. So they started with monkeys and they worked their way on dogs. And what does that mean now today when it comes to head transplants? Real fascinating conversation with uh, someone that knows a thing or two, a scientist in that fashion. I think you'll be really interested uh, to hear the backstory of what we've done over the last couple of decades when it comes to head transplants. Wow. So all of that in the show tonight. And we'll take some of your calls coming up after the break, too. If you saw that 60-minute piece, I'd like to talk to you. If not, we're going to play some of it, and you'll kind of get a good feel for it next, after the break on Overnight America KM.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
1: clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world oh
2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.
0: Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts.
1: Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. 60 Minutes aired a piece today on St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Got a lot of issues with her work here in the city of St. Louis. And I think 60 Minutes came in. What they, I think, like to do is they say, oh, look at this. Everyone knows St. Louis has got problems, but here's a hero in Kim Gardner. She's our hero. And it couldn't be further from the truth. I think if they would have spoken to a lot of the people that have been victims of crimes and seen the person that victimized them or uh, perpetrated those crimes just not charged or not go to jail or not even considered probably would have a different story if your kid was someone that was shot and we had already what's the number seven or eight children that have been killed in the city of St. Louis in the year 2021 right now and I think some of it contributing to it may be the problems we've had when it comes to prosecuting criminals and we've had such a Real difficult time with Kim Gardner in office and going back to some of the different uh, statistics. And it's been a little while since it's been reported, probably a few months, but I went back to a KMOX story from not that long ago. Uh, So this is a story from doesn't say the date on this one. Okay. No January of this year. So just going back a few months and in January, Gardner refused to issue charges issued charges for 38%. um, And, okay, in total, Garner refused to issue charges for 38% and issued charges for 23%. Another 37% were pending application of warrant, um, which you know that is code for nothing happening. So of the 7,000 felony charges that police were able to pick someone up on and believe they had enough to charge someone and turn that over to the prosecuting office, of the 7,000 charges, 38% were issued. And then, historically speaking, while she's been in office, she's only, I think, prosecuted half of those, or no? I take that back. Her success rate is like right around 50%, if that. Now, keep in mind, previous administrations' success rates were like 85%. It's much lower than what it should be when it comes to getting a guilty. This is sometimes even plead a guilty plea. 50% is pathetic. And I think that goes to show that her record is terrible. However, 60 Minutes comes in and does a piece and make it look like that. The record, we're not even going to mention how terrible the record is. We're just going to mention that we have ourselves a uh, savior of the streets in the city of St. Louis. So here, let's listen to some of the pieces from 60 Minutes from earlier. And if you caught this, you can give me a call at 314-436-7900. You can tell me what you thought of it. So here's one of the opening parts what is at stake here
2: the integrity of the whole criminal justice system she went right to work she stopped locking up nonviolent offenders dropped low-level drug cases and ended cash bail a system that hit black citizens hardest but less than a year into the job her hopes of building trust in police suffered a setback Jason
1: Stockley a white officer now here's the th- here's the thing I when I think Kim Gardner I don't even a little bit, think that she's trying to regain trust in police. Does Does anyone believe she is out there trying to advocate for policing, even in the least bit? No, 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 no. I, to, to say that is, I mean, not even a stretch. It is totally the wrong impression of what's going on here.
2: Jason Stockley, a white officer here on the left, was charged with the murder of a black man, a drug suspect who fled, Dash cam video caught stockley swearing to kill him moments later he did only one gun was found. It was covered with stockley's DNA and none of the victims. stockley claimed self-defense and was acquitted.
1: Oh man, all right, what a terrible characterization of the stockley case now if i what if I remember uh the stockley case and i I was here for it when they were going through the trial and I remember everything that happened after it and all the uh, violent protesters and such that came out onto the streets after. But if I remember correctly, Jason Stockley, um, the police officer in this case, we have it on video where the person not only had a gun, but wasn't just, um, how did they categorize him? Hold on, let me listen.
2: Jason Stockley, a white officer here on the left, was charged with the murder of a black man, a drug suspect who fled.
1: A drug suspect. Now keep in mind, he was more than just a drug suspect. Wasn't he a drug dealer? A drug dealer. And that was a pretty big deal because when the judge heard this case, one of the things the judge said was, Never ever have I found that a drug dealer didn't have a weapon on them ever. And that may just seem more circumstantial than anything else. But the weapon came into question. And there's all kinds of video taken from inside of the police cruiser. There's video taken from other police cruisers. There's videos taken from people that are bystanders, all of which never showed him planting a gun. However, that was the big narrative. They tried to bring this up. In the conclusion of the judge, he said, we've checked every angle. We couldn't see any indication, nor could we even imagine how he would be able to get that gun if he were to try to plant a gun. So all of that was debunked. However, 60 Minutes comes in, and I think completely blows the way they, they bring up this case. And they put it back into the impression of trying to stack the cards and to make Kim Gardner look like a superhero here. And it is, it's somewhat irresponsible. I, I don't know if they're trying to balance it out. I think they just might, it, they look at this as more or less a puff piece. And, oh, we can really show, hey, things are, look at St. Louis, rest of the, uh, wake, uh, the woke world that's out there. We can just show and, look, oh, we're on the right track because we got ourselves Kim Gardner. But no, 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 we're here suffering in St. Louis. We've had major issues that aren't getting any better. We had record homicides last year. These are all terrible things. This is not the best representation of trying to change things here. In fact, things are getting worse when it comes to crime. Let's play a second clip here. And uh, here, this is something that's interesting, too.
2: Kim Gardner told us for many St. Louisans, the Stockley verdict reinforced a belief that city police often act with impunity. She called on City Hall to fund an independent team to investigate police shootings. It made her instant enemies.
1: So right off the bat, you no, I'm going to go back to the old Stockley thing. You remember all of the different wasted tax dollars that were brought in for that case? This is more than the Gardner case, because that's a whole different thing with the Tisby and whatnot. But you remember... Um, All this. Well, I guess if you want to include the Gardner thing too, think of all the outside counsel she would bring in for these failed cases that go end up going nowhere. Remember, she paid that Harvard lawyer hundreds of thousands of dollars to be someone that would counsel on this. They would be able to give some sort of um, independent review, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then the Tisby thing, he was charged with perjury and still being looked at. Kim Gardner, we still don't know. Uh, her take on this. We don't know if she knew he was committing perjury or not. We don't know. All of these things. And we also know that she has a hard time when it comes to evidence, as in submitting it when she's accused of crimes and sandbagging and holding back and all these things. But instead, they don't say any of these stuff. They just say, oh, oh, the police. It's the police. It made her instant enemies. So right
2: off the bat, you have not gotten along with the police union from day one.
3: We work well with everyday police officers every day, but what we have is the police union who, who basically injects fear and misinformation in the police department.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, well, um, forget about the police union side. Just saying that, Just saying that we get along with everyday police officers, that might be a stretch, too. I know we have police officers that listen to this program, and sometimes they even call in. I don't think I've ever once had a police officer listener call in and say, something that was nice about Kim Gardner. Oh, she's got our back. Oh, she's really looking out for us. Nope. I don't think I've ever once heard that in the past four years. All right, so I got some more clips, but I do want to take some of your calls before we go to break. Let's go to Tom, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
3: Yeah, I I watched it, and again, I thought we elected a uh, prosecuting attorney and and not a social worker or uh, someone that really wanted to be head of the the police board. Uh, There was another statistic I heard, not in this piece, but that uh, 90% of the murders in St. Louis, the people that are murdered are black. And 90% of the murderers are black. And I don't know how many prosecutions that Miss Gardner has even uh, attempted. Um, and it's not going to get any better until some of these people are, are taken off the street.
1: Yeah. Great example. Let me just give you one. And this is a perfect example, because it has to do with the nine-year-old, boy that was shot and killed in St. Louis. Now, if you remember, the person ended up trying to flee the country and tried to do an armed robbery with some bank money. Uh, The feds had to come in and charge the person for it. Now, keep in mind, he had the weapon. The weapon was identified as the weapon that killed this poor young boy. And city attorney decides, no, we're not going to charge. We're not going to charge because we just don't have enough evidence. Even though we have the weapon, we have him admitting that he fired the weapon and we know it was the weapon that killed the kid. And it's terrible. That's what we're facing with here in St. Louis. Uh, If it wasn't for the feds coming in last year, who knows if we would have had any of these violent offenders charged. Uh, It was Operation. I can't remember, but uh, William Barr, the attorney general, went to some of these hard hit areas like in St. Louis. Yeah, Operation Legend. It was pretty terrible. Imagine what would have happened if we wouldn't have had the feds come in uh, because she said, no, we didn't ask for them to be here. Well, thank goodness they came anyway. We need the help. All right. Thank you for the call. Let's go to, is it Roger in? It is. Hi. Welcome to Overnight America.
3: I did watch the interview tonight with um, 60 Minutes. And what I would like to say, I have lived in St. Louis all my life, which is a very long time. And they've had the same problem over and over with prosecuting attorneys, and some of them I knew them. But the problem is, Miss Gardner, I didn't know who the circuit attorney was at this time until the the TV stations got a hold to the scandal for Governor mm-hmm. Greitens, and mm-hmm. that's when they started to go after her. Mm-hmm. And I like her because she has Moxie. She's not going to just let, lay down, let them take her down because of what the TV stations did. And she had to go after him because they forced her hand. And I well, like her. For the well, mock- let's
1: go back to just real quick. Why do you think she had to go after Eric Ryton's What's the particulars in the case that make you feel that way? Because there was one part of that lawsuit uh, against Eric Ryton's or at least the case against Eric Ryton's that I wanted to point out as part of this piece but I was curious why you think they would have to go after him.
3: Because it was it was it was pu- public policy that she had to go after him after they made it public and wanted him something done to him. So she went after him and that's when her trouble started because I didn't even know at the time that that she was the prosecuting attorney and I've known the many prosecuting attorneys in the city of St. Louis over the years that I've lived here. And as far as the police is concerned, I love the policemen. We have lunch in in our skinket de area for the policemen Mm -hmm. every year. There's good and bad and everything, but most of the policemen I know and in our 7th District are very good people. Mm -hmm. So I don't think she's after them. But what she, her trouble started when she went after Grate.
1: I think that was a political mission for her. It wasn't I mean, a legal it was, mission.
3: It was all politics, and, and all politics. politics well, she didn't that beat down, but she well, that's the, her ground. And I like. Okay, that.
1: okay. Well, if it's all politics and not law, why would you want the circuit attorney politically trying to prosecute someone?
3: I don't think she was political trying to prosecute him. She was doing her job because it was forced on her.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, actually, I don't think it was forced on her, but thank you very much for the call. And I'm going to listen right after the break. We'll take a look at your weather. I'm going to tell you why I don't think it was forced on her. I'm going to tell you why it was a political hit job. And I'm going to tell you why none of this should have happened to begin with. And a lot of it has to I don't know if you saw this. It was something that was laid out by. uh, Dwight Warren, he wrote a piece and talked exactly about what went on during this case that made it a political hit job. He said he worked in the St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner's office and he said that the indictment on Governor Eric Wrighton's was the most disturbing thing he's seen. And I'll tell you why this was a political hit job right after the break. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Overnight America, continues and we're talking about the 60 minute piece with circuit attorney Kim Gardner in St. Louis. Um, I wanted to read this message that came in and I want to tell you why the whole Gritens thing was a complete political hit job. And that should scare you when someone that's a circuit attorney, their main focus is trying to score political points and not justice. And you wonder why crime is so terrible in St. Louis and continues to get worse We're not moving in the right direction with her as circuit attorney. So let me read this one message that came in. Um, I felt 60 minutes hit a new low, totally ignoring the harsh, cruel reality of lawlessness and a lack of respect and fear of prosecution. And it goes back to some of the statistics. Just going to a story from. February of last year and some of these stats that were coming down this would have been last year looking at her numbers and I'm hoping that we can get some for 2020 but this is going back to last reported numbers out of the circuit attorney's office keep in mind they like to look at some of the conviction rates before she was in office it was between 80 and 85 percent when she took office her conviction rate guilty verdicts right around 50 percent 51 percent 51 percent now if you want to look around the state, if you're in Kansas City, you get about an eighty-four and a half percent conviction rate. St. Charles County has seventy-two percent conviction rate during that same time, so the fifty-four percent is way lower than any of the other areas. And if you wanted to try to find some that are direct comparisons, this is bad. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the Eric Brighten's thing, and this was a good piece by Dwight Warren, which was posted couple of years ago, uh, ago and looking back at how the Gardner office covered Governor uh, Greitens, and he called it very disturbing. He said he worked with five separate circuit attorneys, including the current one, Kim Gardner. He said, I've never seen a grand jury be led to return an indictment without evidence of all the elements of the crime being committed by the accused. Now, keep in mind, one of the things that Kim Gardner used in order to indict it, And probably the main thing was photographic evidence. The charge of the indictment was based on this idea that there was a photograph that was transmitted. And the transmission of this photograph of this woman was a crime, the way that it went down. But then we find out the photograph never existed. So she was able to take something that didn't exist, use it as the basis to start an investigation, and this uh, look into Eric Reitens, all of which was with nothing. It was all made up, this photograph. Now, she may have believed the photograph existed, but you know why she rushed it? Because the statute of limitation in order to charge him with the crime was running out. So instead, she said, okay, I don't know if she lied when she said she had a photograph or not. Maybe she said, oh, we got it, but you, you know, this is one of the things we have or whatever it is. But when it came down to it, the main purpose of the indictment was based on this piece of evidence that they thought would be enough to convict him, which never materialized, never came forward. The photo didn't exist, and ultimately the case fell apart. And I think a lot of people saw that coming. He said, uh, as part of his opinion piece here, he said, there's more strangeness in this case in all my years as a prosecutor. I have never heard of a case where the victim of this statute who has expressly, uh, expressly begged to be left alone, had nonetheless been required by the state to proceed with a case in violation of her plea for privacy. So they specifically went after her and forced her to come forward and make this a thing, even though she didn't want to. She didn't go to the circuit attorney's office and say, I've been a victim of a crime. What they did was they seeked her out and said, you are going to come forward with this a thing that she didn't want. Part of it, too, the amount of money, the pure cash that was going out the door trying to pay for certain uh, experts to come in here, one of which that committed uh, perwall is accused of committing perjury. The Tisabee is still being looked into, a private investigator from up in Michigan. He's on videotape. (laughs) They have it, and you've seen it. And another big question was, why even need the help of a Harvard professor as part of the prosecution? The Harvard professor was paid probably $120,000 for a couple of months of service. Isn't that something? Two and a half months of service, $120,000 for a Harvard professor, which, by the way, this didn't go to trial. Nothing really happened. They didn't have the evidence. It all went up in smoke. So, yes, it was politically motivated, 100%. So I wanted to just address this based on our last call who said she was put into this and all the pressure came on because she went after the governor. I think she was put in there to go after things like this. I mean, when you talk about the track record of the prosecutors who accept money from George Soros, and we've seen this in a lot of other cities, their main purpose is to get in there and start political battles, not try to clean up the city they're not looking after the citizens of St. Louis in their best interest. They're not trying to make things safer. They're trying to score political points. Let's go back to the McCloskey deal, score political points. She's out there fundraising on a case. She's trying to prosecute. It's the reason why a judge took her off the case. Okay. Uh, Let's take Jeff's call. Welcome to overnight America. Hello. Hi, go ahead, Jeff.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, yeah, what you were talking about. Why don't these uh, people, why don't they do, work for the DA's office if that's what they're, instead of going for prosecutors?
1: Because, um, because yeah, as an they, elected not, position, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with who they can prop up as this political figure. And, they, you know, it, it's what, I don't know why she decided to run. I, I'm not sure.
3: The job of the prosecutor is to prosecute the law. I got to justice
1: district attorneys what? and such she would be terrible I don't even know if she'd be able to keep that job her track record's so terrible she can't win a case I don't even know if she actually is involved in many cases because for the most part they don't show up so I she wouldn't be able to keep that job if it wasn't an elected position yeah but see she's trying to do all this reform and all this stuff. Then that should have been. Then she should have gone for the DA's office or something else, and not the prosecutors, where their only job is to—I
3: don't know—is it enforce? I—I I don't know if enforce the law is the is enforce the law the correct term,
1: or uh, or execute the law. I would say more or less execute. So enforcement would, of course, be police. So they're out there to uh, law enforcement. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. But well, that's just what I'm was, wondering. Is why okay, is she and she's not doing her job. Thanks, Jeff. Well, that's, that's a good point. Um, I think that as an elected official, you could be put in there and not do your job. And that's unfortunate because I think in the city of St. Louis, they're just used to voting for anyone with a D next to the name. And that has had some pretty dire consequences on the city of St. Louis for many years. But, I, you know, I, I'm just laying out all of these grievances and these problems against that Uh, office right now, it's because 60 Minutes didn't really do a good job doing it. In fact, I think they did a pretty poor job painting a picture of what it's like to be in St. Louis. And they make it sound like every morning she wakes up and puts on her cape and, you know, it's tough being Superman, right? But that's not the case at all. It gives the complete wrong impression of the problems that we are having here. So I want to play more clips from that right after the break. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And I pointed out some of the big high-profile cases, all of which have been losers for the circuit attorney's office because they've been politically motivated and will probably continue to be that way. And that doesn't even touch on all the people that quit and left the office because they didn't want to work with her. They, they say behind the scenes it's a complete mess. That doesn't even touch on this. So we'll uh, take a break. It's Overnight America, KMOX.
0: This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts.
1: MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. A couple other things to remember about the Brighton's case, and this really did kick things off for Kim Gardner's political um, ambitions, I guess. But let me uh, point out a few other things that, I've completely forgot about this, and I was reminded about it in one of the articles, a write-up of some of the issues with that Greitens case. The circuit attorney, Kim Gardner, was engaging active contact with the lead witness in the case and Democratic members of the Missouri House of Representatives prior to an investigation without disclosing those interactions. They have text message evidence of this. This is a no-no. Inappropriate contact between the lead witnesses in the case. And politicians, the Missouri House of Representatives, that's a huge no-no. And adding on top of that, we're talking about destruction of evidence and failure to disclose certain evidence. And this is where the Tisby thing comes into play. So think of it this way. Um, Focusing on some of the videos that were taken over in Illinois, two hours on videotape reported to have had a malfunction. It wasn't available for some reason. Then magically, the videotape uh, reappeared with audio missing for the first 10 minutes. But the big thing is the prosecutor knew this information, knew that there were information on there that may be incriminating and had to be disclosed but wasn't. And this is where Tisabee ends up getting caught and now charged with perjury, multiple counts of it. Huge violations of, of what's going on. And on top of that, possibly even destroying evidence because there were certain things she was told to turn over and has absolutely refused to over and over again. Hiring out-of-state private investigators who engaged in dubious record-keeping and more on the Tisby issues. Lack of charges brought out uh, on other cases that have come forward. It's not just an Eric Greitens thing. And disqualification cases where she was disqualified for prosecuting because in some cases, like the McCloskey, she was fundraising. Right. This is no good. And there's another case, too, the Wendell Davis case that you can look up and see, too. Um, there's a lot of, pro- I mean, this is not just, Oh, Oh boy. Um, look at, look at someone that's trying to change St. Louis, which is so terrible. And St. Louis is resisting the change. What, uh, uh, at least we have, uh, someone in there fighting the good fight, you know, 60 minutes gives this impression when really she's part of the problem. Here's the part on the McCloskey case.
2: St. Louis is a city divided. The North side is predominantly black manufacturing jobs have gone it has some of the poorest neighborhoods in the country but cross to the south it's like a different city whiter more affluent there are private gated communities like the mccloskey's neighborhood the couple vaulted to national attention last summer when they brandished guns at black lives matter protesters when kim gardner charged the couple with unlawful use of weapons she came in for a storm of criticism. The McCloskey's pleaded not guilty.
1: Yeah, and still going through that, and keep in mind, now that we we're able to fast forward, we realize that she used that as a fundraising opportunity as part of a re-election, and because of it, uh, a judge ruled both in the McCloskey cases, both of them, you know, each charged separately, realized that, um, no, Kim Gardner can't be involved in these cases as she's already made it blatantly political fundraising on the fact that she is prosecuting these two. And now they have another prosecutor special prosecutor looking into it. They'll probably I don't know, will they even will they even keep this case or will they just drop it all together, who knows. Such a high profile type of thing. Now they did point out some of the nasty letters and things that are totally uncalled for. And I've seen this a couple of times brought up by Kim Gardner in her office, the the really terrible racist things that people email or mail to her and, and say, and that is totally out of line. No one should be doing that. And it's actually pretty terrible, all things considered. No one should have to put up with that sort of thing. But it doesn't excuse the terrible job she's been putting in office. I, you can't say, well, we're going to forget about all of the failures of you in that job because there's some racist people that have been writing you letters. I'm sorry. This is too important. The circuit attorney's office, our city is hurting. We just can't excuse the job performance and say that it's, uh, we can chalk it up to people that have been racist towards her. It just doesn't work like that. And maybe we'll have to cover this again tomorrow. Maybe we'll get more people to uh, talk about it tomorrow, but it's, it's just something that if you see this piece, it's a pretty big piece Oh, and part of this pretty big piece is that we will probably have to digest this a little bit more. OK, so we're not going to break now. Let's <laughs> wonder why the music was playing so early. <laughs> it threw me off. Um, I think if you get a chance to watch it, I know a lot of people are going to be talking about it tomorrow. I think that's going to be a, a part of the big stuff. Jeff Rorta, they did talk to him as the rebuttal part of the police union. You know, the thing with Jeff Rorta, they tried to paint him as the villain, because if the hero is Kim Gardner, there's got to be a villain in this case. So here's Jeff Rorta, someone that is controversial, to say the least. And they actually mentioned our sister station, 97.1, in this piece.
2: Jeff Rorta has been the public face of the police union for a decade. Choosing his words carefully, he told us Kim Gardner is in over her head.
3: She's a prosecutor that uh,
0: you know, wants to second guess everything law enforcement does and and find fault when there's no.
1: You know, I would even go in a step further and say it's more than just trying to find uh, fault and second guess. I would say that she comes at it in a way where she is a defense attorney as opposed to a prosecutor. And that's part of a problem because when you have. I mean, taped admissions and you're not taking those things because you don't like the police officer. That hurts the city of St. Louis. When you have drug dealers admitting to crimes on tape, no, we're not taking this case because I don't like the police officer is not a good excuse. So again, and find fault when there's no fault to find.
2: So Kim Gardner is the problem.
1: She's not the only problem by any stretch of the imagination. But she's not a she's not a partner with law enforcement. Yeah, she's definitely not someone that I would look at as friendly to law enforcement. And law enforcement is targeted. There's a lot of them that were targeted last year and even lost their lives. And think about who's got their back. Is it going to be the police union or is it going to be Kim Gardner? The fact that she goes out there and says there's a lot of police officers on my side may be a huge exaggeration. Huge exaggeration. All right, when we come back, Another hour of Overnight American our friends in Canada. We always like to check in with them. That's next hour too. On KMOX.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
1: That clock at 4. Doncic. The step back 3. You bet. Music. You
0: said my word